Okay, welcome to the show. Today, our guest is Bryce Parasini with a background in finance and trading. Today, he is a Web3 and crypto enthusiast passionate about different applications of the latest blockchain technologies. Bryce, thanks so much for coming on the show. Oh, pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. So crypto, Web3, these are buzzwords we hear, but I think I'm with the masses in that I don't understand much about it at all. Uh, can you give a quick rundown? Let's start with Web3. What is Web3? Web3 is the application of, of smart contracts and and using blockchain to, to uh, really be able to uh, put the information that you're sharing onto the blockchain. So uh, the most common uh, technology that we hear of right now is with NFTs, non-fungible tokens. And so those are literally contracts that are unique to that item, whatever that item may be. Most commonly right now, it's JPEGs or, or GIFs. And and so we're, we mostly know it as kind of cartoon art form like Board Ape Yacht Club, but the the opportunity of tokenizing assets is limitless. And so that's where I see it going. And, and it's many talented developers are working on that aspect of Web3 at the moment. Gotcha. And I'm familiar with blockchain as a technology, but some people are still catching up. How would you describe the blockchain to someone who's never heard of it before, or maybe has been too afraid to ask since it's entered the uh, entered the popular culture? Of course. So blockchain is essentially using different algorithms and mathematics to prove transactions, and this can be done in a variety of different ways. And uh, so, gen I mean, the most commonly known blockchain technology is Bitcoin. It uses something called proof of work. And so the way it functions is it throws out a challenging mathematical uh, equation that needs to be solved. It goes out to the entire blockchain or the entire uh, network. And then once that, that algorithm or that, uh, equation is solved, it's put on the blockchain. So it adds a chain to the, and that's the, the uh, creation of the blockchain. It's literally all the other transactions and then this current one. So everything is linked together, hence the name, the chain. Yes, so every transaction will have every previous transaction in as a part of it. So. So each one is a block and each adds to that chain. And then as a whole, you have the blockchain. So all of the transactions on that particular net network. And there, like I said, there's different ways of proving it with, with Bitcoin. That way is having progressively more challenging uh, uh, equations that are put out there to be solved. And what are, what's one of the other ways? I mean, I think, um, Bitcoin is the most popular example. What are some other ways that are emerging that you can have the same thing? So, uh, I mean, part of the challenge and part of what we're hearing with Bitcoin recently is the uh, energy demands that it takes because these 
equations are now not, you know, when it first launched back in 08, I believe, uh, you know, you could, you could mine Bitcoin with a personal computer and that was enough computing power to earn Bitcoin. I mean, if you put your, your PC on it back in the, back then you, you would have been earning a lot. You probably would be well retired by now. Uh, but, but the reality is that now massive server farms and are dedicated to solving these equations and the the energy output of it uh, is really high last year it was equivalent to the country of austria so it's a it's a quite an energy intensive process to prove these transactions so one alternative that has has come up is called proof of stake and so it's uh it has you're, you're still proving equations, but the, the, in order to prove them, there's less people on the network that are fighting for that, for that, uh, proof, proofing. And so, uh, and, and the, the tokenized tokenomics of it is different as well. So, when you're using in Bitcoin, you're rewarded and in Ethereum for 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 providing computing power to the network. You're rewarded with the native token with Bitcoin or Ethereum. Uh, with something like say XRP, which is one that I'm a big fan of, and it's it's faster and cheaper and less energy uh, dependent than than the the two big boys of Ethereum and Bitcoin you have uh, a staking mechanism and so that has more so like interest payments instead of of working instead of uh competition to to create uh to 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 prove the algorithm or to prove the the equation so it's faster because you you have to provide uh, some of your coins. You have to be kind of a bigger player within the network to uh, to have a node. And then once you have that node, then the equation is only going to a handful of those nodes instead of everywhere. And so, for example, Bitcoin can take seven to fifteen minutes to to prove a transaction. Ethereum one to five uh, XRP is a handful of seconds. And so uh, depending on what proofing mechanism you're using for your blockchain, that will determine the, the, the cost of proving a transaction and the speed of it as well. I think we're already going over my head, but uh, so this XRP <laughs> network, is that um, financial like Bitcoin and Ethereum or is that something else? It's it's looking at the same problem of decentralized financial transactions. Uh, it has it just recently uh, the Ripple Labs is the who built the XRP ledger, and they just recently announced a two hundred fifty million dollar grant for smart contracts. So one of the big uh, advantages of ethereum and why it's being used so widely right now is it's it's uh, 
smart contract advantage. It was the first to the market in that in that world. And so uh, that's why most NFTs are traded on OpenSea and, and transacted in Ethereum, even though the gas fees are can be astronomical. We saw recently there was the Meta Land, uh, Metaverse Land that was went up for sale, and the uh, excuse me, we have neighbors next door neighbor dogs here. Um, and the gas fees for that were up to three Ethereum, so up to, you know, six, seven thousand dollars in gas fees just to prove this transaction. Because the way Ethereum works, as the network gets, uh, as more transactions are trying to be funneled through the network, the gas fees go up to try and have that be proven first. You pay more to get ahead of the line there. Uh, which causes problems. And whereas on the XRP ledger, there's a, there's a token built on it called Solo, and they have a marketplace called Sologenics. And one of its great benefits is it costs only three Solo to mint uh, NFT, whereas on Ethereum network, you're paying uh, approximately an equivalent of $70, $80, depending on the time of day and how busy the Ethereum network is. And solo tokens worth about $0.30, cents, so you're paying about $0.90 cents to, to mint an NFT on its network. And so it's backed by, it, it runs off the XRP ledger, and that's why it is able to have a significant cost and speed advantage to, to Ethereum. That makes sense, more <laughs> I mean, not a hundred percent. I won't pretend to uh, totally get it, but that might have more to do with the listener than the uh, than the teacher. Uh, I do, you know, it was a hot topic a few weeks ago. There was a big crash with Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Um, do you have anything you can add for our listeners in in terms of the context we may have heard in that area? Yeah. So. I mean, it's we're definitely in a bear market right now. Uh, the, some of the there's regulation issues that we're seeing globally. There's a lot of different uh, jurisdictions that are trying to ban Bitcoin mining because of its energy use. Uh, there's uh, the 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 big thing that caused that crash a couple of weeks ago was call, uh, a coin called Tether. It's a stable coin which is essentially meant to, or sorry, no, not Tether, uh, Terra, Luna. Tether is a different stable coin, which also could, I, I see potential issues that happen with Luna translating to Tether as well. But so Luna is supposed, is a stable coin that's supposed to be one to one dollar. And it was backed by a, algorithm that that was kind of foggy in in how it was tracking this one to one dollar and what it was backed by and so we literally saw it drop ten thousand percent you know if you if you invested ten thousand dollars in it two months ago you'd have a dollar or less and so that's and it was one of the top five cryptos for a while there so that massive crash caused some obvious jitters to happen market-wide. And uh, I think 
one of the big issues we're seeing right now is most coins are bought through these stable coins and there's not a lot of transparency in what is giving them value. So I see a potential risk with Tether because Tether is the most used. USDT is what it is, how they shorten it. And uh, most exchanges have that as a major pairing. And if that, if they can't prove that there's anything backing it, we could be in for another, uh, another surprise here. Interesting. So let's take the conversation towards other applications of this technology. So people are familiar with Bitcoin, some maybe Ethereum. It reaches the news when when this monetary value is lost um, in a crash like any other market, really. But uh, what are the other applications you see? I mean, people might be familiar with NFTs at a high level, but like you said, it's really uh, artwork or really links to artwork at this point. What are the other assets and potential you see for blockchain technology? To be honest, I think blockchain is going to change the way we live more than the internet did, which is a bold statement. But uh, I mean, the applications are near limitless. Uh, voting could be done on the blockchain. So there's been issues over the last few years over uh, people's, you know, trust in the system because, you know, maybe it's not able to be verified or, or there's, you know, issues with a lot of different issues that are, that come with electronic voting, that come with mail-in ballots, that all these different things. And if it's done on the blockchain, uh, there's a there's a trail that could be proven to have okay, you know, and using AI to say okay, this is Bryce, here's his ID, you know, okay, here's your vote, it's on the blockchain, boom, okay. And then that's instant, and then it could be counted instantly. And I mean, we're seeing in Pennsylvania issues where two weeks out, they still can't call an election. These, that's, that's one potential use case for blockchain. Uh, another potential use case is literally you can tokenize any asset. So where uh, what I think is going to be happening and thing, people are already working on this right now is tokenizing commodities. So, uh, for example, oil delivery, petroleum. So instead of going to the Chicago Mercantile Exchange and buying futures contracts and, and having this whole delivery done through really a system that was built in the late 1800s, it has been modernized and electri you know, it's electronic now and all this, but uh, the, the main functionality of it uh, still operates on, on futures contracts that have been around for 130, 140 years. So whereas if it's on, if it's tokenized, you say you buy a barrel of oil off of me, you, you own that like right away. So you send me whatever, $100, whatever it's trading at worth of whatever crypto we agree on in the smart contract. As soon as there's no escrow, there's nothing like that, that transfer of ownership is instantaneous. 
So that's one of the biggest functions is the commodities market is bigger than the equities market globally. So, you know, grain, all grains, you know, potentially water in the future, which it could be a little scary, but fresh water, this is something that we're going to be talking about here. Um, you, I, I've been talking with some people that have uh, carbon credits on the blockchain. So being able to trade the carbon credits and, and monitor that, uh, a big a bigger area that I see right now is is commercial real estate. So for example, say you tokenize a big skyscraper, I don't know, like the World Trade Center, whatever, any skyscraper, and say it's worth one and a half billion dollars, you could you could buy one ten thousandth of that skyscraper and share in the revenue of it and and have that ownership so it makes more accessible some very you know some investments that in, until now you required mass capital to to participate in uh and in this future with the tokenization you can buy fractions of a of an asset instead of one big lump sum okay that's really that makes sense to me and that's really interesting so it could play a huge role in the democratization and access to assets because they can be split into so many pieces okay yeah that i understand uh so i'm making progress here but that's that's fascinating um Thinking about marketing applications, you know, at the end of this, at the end of the day, this podcast is about marketing, especially for you know tech and enterprise companies uh, that sell technological products that may be going way over the head or in one ear and out the other for their prospects and customers. What role do you see NFTs or uh, Web3 playing in marketing, um, you know, maybe in the future, but maybe right now? What's something that marketers in the enterprise tech space could do with this technology to have a, a head up on the competition? There's a lot that could be done and can be done. And uh, there's limitless applications. For example, let's say you bought a limited edition pair of Nikes. There's, it's, you know, like one of a hundred or something, right? And you could, when you purchase that, you could, it could be tokenized. And so you get like a JPEG version of your sneakers and you own that tokenized sneaker as well as the physical ones. And then you're a part of a exclusive group of only a hundred people who own the sneaker. Well, there could be get togethers. There could be say, they could drop like t-shirt or something with your sneaker on it. So like the IP of that purchase it, you have forever and, and well, until you decide to, to sell it, maybe another, you know, drop of different pair of shoes, you have front of line access to that. There's all different kinds of, of things you can attach and benefits you can attach to a particular NFT. One application we saw recently, Gary V is a huge advocate of the NFT space, and he's had he's created his own F NFT line. He's been very successful. A handful of them, not just one, uh, but one of his NFT lines uh, allowed access to his conference, uh, VCon, I think it was called, and it, it, this happened just a couple weeks ago. 
And so you had to have uh, one of these NFTs to gain access. And there were speakers of all different types, very uh, high profile speakers. You're networking with fellow Web3 NFT enthusiasts. There were major brands that were sponsoring this because they wanted to be associated with with uh, this. And, and, you know, major brands are trying to learn how to market like this. And, and Gary V is, has found a way to really make it uh, something of value. Because if you're selling an NFT, uh, you know, the, the part of... Part of what you're wanting to do is have some sort of value there. I mean, the, the artwork can be incredible as far as just the, the JPEGs or, or GIFs that, that you're getting off of that. But if it's not backed by some sort of community and some sort of uh, access to something more, I think it, eventually it'll kind of fizzle out. You know, one of the most popular NFTs and expensive NFTs right now is it's called Proof Collective. And uh, it's it's it gives it it it's uh what's the name of the guy crap I, it, it missed it, he's he's one of the leaders in uh in the nft space right now and uh this this nft it was it looks just like a membership card and they're all the exact same and there's like ten thousand of them you get access to this community board and you get uh, whitelisted for airdrops. For example, they airdropped Moonbirds. And if you were on the whitelist for that, you could buy a Moonbird for, I believe it was two and a half or three Ethereum. And literally you could have, a week later, you could have flipped it for 30 Ethereum. So 27 Ethereum, $54,000 at, at that time. And, and, uh, all from being a member of that group. Um, so yeah, this is where I see the, the marketing applications. You, you have to provide some sort of value to it, but you can be very creative with what that may be and, and how you, you use your, your community to, to, uh, you know, like add that value and, and to create fans. So if I wanted to get uh, kind of dip my toe in the water. Who would I even talk to about getting started uh, with understanding this or creating NFTs for a brand? Uh, it's a good question. You know, the, the creating an NFT is not minting one isn't that challenging. Uh, creating a marketing application for for that is a bit more of a process. There are companies out there, I'm not too familiar with it. I haven't gone down the route of looking to provide marketing for uh, through the NFTs. I've minted a couple myself, I'm a photographer as well. And so I've minted a couple photography NFTs just to kind of see, play around with the mechanisms of what minting is and, and the sales process and, and, and all this. Uh, you know, the currently OpenSea with the uh, on and the Ethereum network are the market leaders. However, I'm I'm a big fan of Sologenics because of the the cost of it. Uh, 
the XRP ledger is, has a major upgrade coming within the next couple months that's going to allow for interoperability. So the trading of NFTs that are on other networks on the Sologenics network, which I believe is going to be a game changer. It'll allow you to trade, you know, like a Board Ape Yacht Club uh, NFT and have it traded for, you know, a fraction of a penny because it, the transactions on the XRP ledger are that cheap, whereas you trade one on on OpenSea and it's it's quite high. Uh, so I mean, if you're looking at minting your own, uh, you know, I would encourage people to look at at the Sologenics network, even though it doesn't. The the problem right now with it is that it doesn't have the exposure of the Ethereum network, but I believe that's going to change in the near future with this new XLS twenty D upgrade that's coming. So interesting. I, well, I, I could do some research and find the, the companies that are helping people with marketing, but I don't currently have. Yeah, I, I, off the top of my head, I don't. No, that's fine. I mean, I think a lot of this is going over my head, most of it, but some interesting things to think about and love learning about new things. Um, if you had, you know, if there were ideas you wanted to share with our audience, what haven't we covered? What's what's exciting you right now? And what do you think people need to know? Well, you know, I think the, the opportunity of this is is that you can be as creative as you want to be, you know, like even a small business owner can say, Hey, like I'm having a pop-up uh, and you know, this is for my, my uh, customers. This is a customer appreciation at this pop-up. I'm going to give away NFTs and everyone who comes to this gets that it'll give you access to further, you know, further pop-up events or to, uh, uh, say you know advanced access to sales so like you get a day or two in advance or like there's all kinds of whatever you want to attach to your nft whatever benefits i mean it it's a communication platform and and by creating that community and and having uh your brand tied to its own own nft ip it allows you to have that closer connection and to create whatever you really want to, you know, like Gary Vee had a massive conference. That doesn't necessarily have to be what you're looking to do, but maybe it's a, you know, metaverse meetup. I don't know. Uh, like, but whatever your brand is, like you can think of unique ways to express your brand through your NFT. Very cool. Well, Bryce, is there anything else you want to share with our audience before we uh, have you share your screen and play some tap to flap? Uh, I, I just would encourage people to, you know, research the basics of what this is, because I, I think it, this is like the 19, the mid nineties of the internet. Uh, it's the wild west and there's going to be a lot of things that fail just like in the mid nineties with the internet, but there's also massive, massive opportunities and the, the things that, that win the, the ones that hit this right or it's going to be a game changer for sure um there's a great youtube series uh on that on blockchain technology and it's the professor is the current sec president uh 
So Gary Gensler, and he does a 20 part series. So if you really want to do a deep dive into the nitty gritty of it, uh, that was that, that course was like, I mean, it's an MIT course on your computer. So, uh, I highly recommend that if you're wanting to like go deep. <laughs> cool. Great recommendation. I may end up there cause you've got me curious, but, uh, are you ready to uh, play tap to flap and see where you land on the scoreboard? Uh, I'm ready to play. I don't know how, uh, how great my score will be, but I'll, I'll give it a go. Great. So if you hit share screen and open up the link, I will get the timer ready for one minute. Okay. So I have one minute to try and get the best score. Yep. And it will automatically record your highest score. So all you have to do is do your best to, to flap. And then when you get a game over, just click again, it'll reset, but it will record your highest score from the session automatically. Okay. Sounds good. All right. When you're ready, click and I'll get this okay. thing started. Oh, on the board already. Nice. <laughs> Two, three. Oh, you're on a roll already. You're up to a, a high score of four. Or was that a seven from before? Harder than it looks. <laughs> it is really hard. It's one of the things that makes it so addictive when uh, we use it as a attention getter at Incentive Pilot for those important sales initiatives. All right, got about 15 seconds left. Three seconds. If you keep going here. Okay, nice job. Too few taps. Well, thank you for uh, humoring us, Bryce. Always fun to get a game in there. If people want to talk to you about uh, Web3, crypto, uh, anything else, where is the best place for people to find you online? Uh LinkedIn is probably the best place to chat with me about crypto or, or Web3. Uh, my, you, I'm sure you'll put it in the description, my, my name, so it's e easily searchable in LinkedIn. I'm the only Bryce Parasini, believe it or not. Uh, <laughs> wow, you lucked so. out. That's awesome. Yes and no. You can't be anonymous <laughs> either. <laughs> so <laughs> depends how you look at it. Uh, yeah. And, you know, my my other the other thing that I'm doing right now is I'm helping startups with uh, with their finances and accounting. So if that speaks to you or that's of need to someone, uh, any of your listeners, uh, I'd be happy to talk about that as well. So. Very cool. Well, thanks for coming on, Bryce, and have a great weekend. Yeah. Thank you, Andrew. Okay. Peace.